This is KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzay Torah, in uh, the summer's man. Starting uh, now after Pesach, we'll be having a series of shiurim by Harav Moshe Tarigan on Pekei Avot, to complement, hopefully, your own learning of Pekei Avot each week, a different parak, one Mishnah, one idea, from each parak keeping up with the general learning. Harav Moshe Tarigan. The um, fourth Mishnah of Perak Dalid in Perkei Avos cites a very well-known statement in the name of Rabbi Levitas Ishyavna. There are actually two parts to the Mishnah. The first part cites Rabbi Levitas from Yavna. The second part cites a more well-known Tana, Rabbi Yochanan ben Broka, about Chilal Hashem. But this year we'll address the very, very well-known and dramatic statement of Rabbi Levitas Ishiavna, quoted in the beginning of the Mishnah. Rabbi Levitas Ishiavna Omer, Me'od, Me'od, Heve, Shifal Ruach, which literally translates as a person should be very, very extreme, Me'od, Me'od, very careful, very committed, to be a Shifal Ruach, translated in general, to be humble, to be meek, unassuming, lowly of spirit. Now, taken on its own, this is a statement from Rabbi Levitas, which extols the importance of humility, of meekness, of humility of spirit. But, and of course, there's much to speak about with regards to the trait of humility. But perhaps the most famous treatment and regard of this Mishnah is the treatment of the Rambam. In the beginning of Hilchel's Deos in Mishnah Torah, the Rambam has a very famous description of what he refers to as the Midah Be'onis, what has been referred to as the Shvil Hazav, that when it comes to character calibration or character adjustment and development, when it comes to characteristics, not with regard to religious traits, such as Torah study, mitzvah fulfillment, Yerashamayim. When it comes to personality traits, should a person be happy? Should a person be morbid? Should a person be frugal? Should a person uh, spend all of his money? When it comes to character traits, a person, the Rambam felt, should try to reach the Derech HaYashar, HaYashar, which according to the Rambam, Yashar means balanced, calibrated, even the middle of the road. It shouldn't be too happy and gay and mirthful. It shouldn't be too sad, morbid, and gloomy. The person shouldn't spend all of his money. The person also shouldn't be so stingy that he can't spend any money. This is a very famous Rambam, which evolves over the first two prakim of Hilchos Deus, the first two chapters of Hilchos Deus. However, the Rambam admits that even though in general, with regard to most human character traits and features, the middle road, the balanced approach is optimal. There are two traits which do allow, invite, and even demand tilting towards an extreme. One is the trait of anger, and the Rambam describes exactly why and where he knows this from. The other trait which the Rambam believes demands extreme caution and disproportionate calibration is the trait of modesty and the trait of humility. One of the sources which the Rambam cites, both in his Mishnah Torah 
And of course, in his commentary to this Mishnah, is of course Rebbe Levitas's language. By describing the trait as mi'od, mi'od, both employing the term mi'od, repeating the term mi'od, Rebbe Levitas is effectively warning us that despite the advocacy, and the Rambam assumes that Chazal had this advocacy for the middle of the road, the trait of humility demands extremism, demands almost polar commitment to the trait, as Rabbi Levitas himself says, of Shifal Ruach. Of course, according to the Rambam, this is not Rabbi Levitas's innovation, but Rabbi Levitas ish Yavna is merely citing the Pasuk in Bahamoscha. When Moshe's record or character is defended at the very moment that he's being assailed or impugned by Aaron and Miriam, the Torah refers to Moshe, Vaish Moshe Anav Mi'od, The term Mi'od, already in the Torah, recognizes the importance of extremi, extremism or extremities when building or establishing this trait of humility, unlike all other traits. It seems as if the Rambam proves or infers the importance, the virtue of extremism, of imbalance regarding the trait of humility, not only from the employment of the term me'od in Parshas Baloscha, the repetition of the phrase me'od, me'od by Rabbi Levitas, but actually the description of Rabbi Levitas of the humble person as a shval ruach. The Rambam believed that shifal ruach was not synonymous with what we call in modern parlance anivos or anavah. According to the Rambam, shifal ruach is on one pole of the spectrum of humility. Namely, on this spectrum of humility, the far extreme, someone who's arrogant, someone who's presumptuous, that would be referred to according to the Rambam in his parish of Mishnayos, by many terms. Interestingly enough, the Rambam notes that the trait of arrogance has multiple terms, both in the Torah as well as in Chazal's treatment. Yivalev, haughty heart, Enayim Ramot, arrogant eyes, Ram, high spirit, Ruach Gavoa, Gasus Haruach. Interesting that when it comes to arrogance, there are multiple frames of reference. When it comes to the inverse of arrogance, humility, there aren't as many grandiose descriptions that could in some ways be reflective of the simplicity of humility, that it only has one word to define it. It isn't as uh, bombastic as arrogance. But either way, the polar opposite of arrogance is shiftless haruach. Anava, which we refer to as humility, is in fact, according to the Rambam, the balance between arrogance and humility, the balance, the the median between Gava and Shiflus Haruach, that's the balanced state, which in normal traits would be optimal, but in the trait of arrogance is Bidyevet, or isn't as ideal as reaching 
what Rabbi Levitas describes as Shifla Saruach. So even though the Torah describes Moshe as Anav, by using the phrase Anav Mi'od, it suggests, or it approves and validates an extremism, which at least Rabbi Levitas refers to as Shifla Saruach. Now, why exactly the trait of arrogance, or more appropriately, the trait of humility and meekness of spirit, demands extremism, avoiding the balanced approach, which is so popular, according to the Rambam, and so um, ideal and uh, um, advisable in so many other traits, this isn't exactly clear, or more precisely, there seems to be many reasons. Um, Rabbeinu Avadja Mibar Tenura, as well as others, and he quotes this Mishnah, and Mishnah Parak Dalit, when he quotes this Mishnah, so he writes as follows, even though normally the median approach is ideal, when it comes to arrogance, person should be careful. He quotes two reasons. One reason, or the second reason, I'll get to the first reason later, most people fall prey. Namely, there's a danger factor. Human ego is so powerful, is so natural, so native within the human experience that it has to be battled with a greater force and a greater compulsion than other traits. People are prone, people are vulnerable, people are susceptible to arrogance, to egotism, to its various forms that I mentioned before. The Rambam already notes that arrogance itself expresses itself in many different ways. It is attached and associated with many different forms, and therefore, it has to be battled. It has to be um, frontally suppressed, rather than delicately moderated or calibrated. But it seems as if it's not just the danger and the peril that arrogance poses. Rabbeinu Avajami Bartinura spoke about it being not just a danger, but he also called it a trait which is ma'usa, which is despicable, which is ugly, which is offensive. There's a moral um, corruption about an arrogant person that's more severe, that's more vulgar than other traits. Um, one of the Gemaros one of the phrases which the Gemara associates with Gaiva, the Gemara describes, or in Soto and Daftala, describing the ills and dangers of Gaiva. Person who has arrogance, egotism, self-inflation, haughtiness, as if he worships Avodazara. So, the association between arrogance and Avodazara is obvious. There's a self-deification. The basis of religious commitment and religious experience is humility and submission before God, and arrogance can make a person forget God. I'll talk about this momentarily. But the way that the Gemara associates arrogance with, um, it's at one stage heresy, another stage pagan worship, a third stage 
um, sexual misconduct is by quoting a pasuk in Mishle, Perak Tezayin, Pasukei, Toavas Hashem, Kol Gvalev. Person who is high-hearted, Gvalev, is considered Toavas Hashem, and that same phrase of Toeva is employed alternatively with regard to Avodazara, the Gilarayas, and all other Averos that the Gemara likens, or the Gemara likens arrogance to. But the literal reading of the Pasuk in Mishlei, Torah Hashem refers to a haughty person as a Toeva, as despicable. And this is indeed what the Rebbeinu Avadjah Mimartinur refers to. Not just is the danger greater, but there's an ugliness to it. it seems to be morally more troubling, more vulgar than other traits. When the Rambam describes in his parish of Mishnayis, the reason that we are meant to be more careful and more cautious about arrogance and be more extreme in our tilt towards humility, of course, a third reason. Very interesting hierarchy. First, he quotes the Pasuk in Tehillim, Parakuf Yud Aleph, Reishis Chachma Yiras Hashem. Now, that itself is a very country, not controversial, but it's a very intriguing Pasuk. What does the term racist exactly refer to? Is it just a assignment of value, or is there some sequencing of function and of axiological value, not just of importance? But either way, it seems that the Pasuk is prioritizing Yiras Hashem above Chachma. And it's before Chachma, maybe it's the portal or the entree to Chachma, but there is a clear evaluation and a prioritization of Yiras Hashem the Chachma in this Pasuk of Tehillim Per Kofil Al Pasuk Yud. The Rambam juxtaposes this Pasuk with another Pasuk in Mishlei, this time taken from Mishlei Per Chavez, Ekev Anava Yiras Hashem. Um, now the literal translation of this Pasuk in Mishlei is in the footsteps of Anivos of humility comes Yiras Hashem. Again, very interesting imagery. The first Pasuk talked about the head, the head of Chachma is Yiras Hashem. The heel of humility is Yiras Hashem. The Rambam affects a transitive equation. If the heel of humility is Yiras Hashem, and Yiras Hashem is the head or the pinnacle of wisdom, then essentially we have stations, the trait of humility, as an extremely important force. It is on top of Yiras Hashem, which itself is the apogee, which itself is the climax or the, the pinnacle of Chachma. As the Rambam writes, Nimsa Hanava Yoser Gidola Min HaChachma Beharbe. It's extremely greater, it's even more superior to Chachma the mere quantitative equation. Of course, it's not just a quantitative analysis which is at work, but especially in the Pasuk of Ekev Anava Yeras Hashem, Ekev doesn't just mean a heel, that Yeras Hashem is the heel of Anava, but that Yeras Hashem occurs in the way. The heel creates a footprint. Very often the term heel, the word Ekev, describes causality. If X causes Y, 
then in the wake or in the heel of X, Y will emerge. Ekev asher shama Abraham bikoli vayishmar mishmarti chukosai sarosai because Abraham kept my words, therefore I'll share certain things with him and I'll extend certain favors to him. Vaya ekev tishmonis mishmatim ayelu the pasuk in Parshas Ekev Hakadosh Baruch gives us a reward, namely one causes the other just as a step causes a footprint causes the angle to step down and create that print. So when Shlomo Melech writes, Ekev Anova, Yeres Hashem, he's referring to not just that humility is quantitatively more important than Yeres Hashem, but is really the cause, the entree, the catalyst of all good traits. There's a very, very lavish description of this role of humility in the experience of tshuva in particular, and in general, moral improvement and moral development. In the Meiri Sefer, the Meiri wrote a voluminous work called Chibur HaTshuva, and in the Ma'amar Aleph Parakei, he describes, Kol Mis'arer Lashur, whoever wants to embark on tshuva, laharchik tachlis harchaka, to distance himself as much as possible, midas hagaiva, from the trade of arrogance. That same Rambam, which quoted this transitive equation that if Yerashamayim is greater than Chachma and Anava or Anivas is greater than Yerashamayim, then of course Anivas must be superior to Chachma. The Rambam explains this is precisely why of all the traits which Moshe undoubtedly possessed, it was the trait of Anivas, which the Torah praises, which the Torah notes, which the Torah defends Moshe. And it's almost uh, a strange defense, because Miriam and Aaron were not challenging Moshe's Anivas per se. It's a bit strange, a bit odd, that the Rabbonishon defends Moshe by pointing to his Anivas. According to Chazal, they were challenging his selection of Tzipara, perhaps they were challenging his marital schedule, schedule he had chosen, they were a little bit jealous. So it's nice to remind us that Moshe was a moral hero, that he was very humble, but how is this a defense of Moshe's integrity when it's being assailed by Aaron and, Moshe, Aaron and Miriam? But the Rambam sees Anava, Anivos, Shvaruach as the source of all moral virtue, as the source of all Yeras Hashem. So by applying this trait to Moshe Rabbeinu, the Torah is in effect assuring us that Moshe possessed the sum total, the entire sweep of moral virtue, and therefore all these charges are inaccurate or are inappropriate. Um, the Rambam cites one final source, aside from, of course, Rabbi Levitas Yavda, to reaffirm that the trait of humility is one which should be indulged into the extreme. And this is taken from a Gemara in Selta. Gemara in Selta quotes several opinions which don't just allow, but even encourage a Talmud Chacham to possess, to nurture, at least a small fraction, a small degree of arrogance. So, for example, the Gemara in Selta says, Amr Bar Ashi Amarav, Talmud Chacham, Echad Mishmona Bishminis, which would probably mean one sixty-fourth. And the fraction per se isn't important. It gives us a general sense. But one sixty-fourth of arrogance. And Rashi explains 
um, why that's important, um, why Tamachacham requires that Mishkal Katan to defend himself against those who would um, trivialize his Torah, who would trivialize his 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 role. The Gemara continues. Amar Rava, Rava claimed, highlighting the paradoxical nature of Bishamta de Ispe, Bishamta de Lesbe. Um, on the one hand, there's a danger, those who possess it, but there's also a danger who don't possess it. Again, because um, people will be little, will mock, you won't be able to inspire others. There's no fear of the Talmud Chacham if he can't project himself with that bit of ego. This is something which Rava said. Rava didn't talk about it in fractal terms, but he highlighted the the ambivalence of, of the trait. And in response to these two statements, or the Echia statement and Rava statement, each of which encouraged some little fraction or partial degree of arrogance, Sir Nachman Bar Yitzchak said, Lo mina lo miktsasa. I don't want any part of it. Not it, not even a small fraction of it. Again, rejecting both the Bichia and Rava. Rashi's explanation, Lo yachpos adam, lo bekula, lo bimiktsasa. person should want no part of arrogance. And he cites the Pasuk initially, which calls it a Kaleva, Kalevas Hashem. So the Rambam quotes this Gemara as well, and uh, tacitly adopts the final position of Nachim Bar Yitzchak, and this is the manner for the Rambam to prove, to corroborate that this trait, amongst all others, as Rabbi Levita said, is a trait that should be avoided in total. Um, the Ramban has a phrase, has, has a little allusion, something very similar in his parish in Parsha Shoftim, where the Torah encourages a melech, a melech who may be more prone to arrogance, to the inflation of character, He's encouraged to carry a separate Sefer Torah wherever he goes, to read from the Sefer Torah, not to have too many wives, Levilti Rum Levavo, that his heart should not become too high, or Levilti Sormen HaMitzvante, and not to um, stray from mitzvahs. So first of all, this Pasuk once again casts humility as uh, a corrective and insurance against forgetting mitzvahs, and those who fail at humility who are arrogant, stand the chance or run the risk of forgetting mitzvahs. And the Rambam, Ramban, excuse me, Alatara, talks about this Pasuk being a a smach or a zikaron, a remez, for the Isser of arrogance, for the Isser of gaiva. A very interesting story, the smag, Sar Mikutsi, the Moshe Mikutsi, finished writing his sefer, listing the 613 mitzvahs, I was about to send the Sefer for publication, and the night before the Sefer was meant to be published, supposedly was visited by an apparition in a dream, a malach. And the malach told him that although his work was comprehensive, there was one mitzvah that he had forgotten to include. So he asked the malach exactly which one, and the malach said, you forgot to include the Isser of arrogance. Typically, negative traits, bad midos, are not Usser. They're just ill-advised. They're just dangerous. So if a person runs after Kavod, if a person is jealous but doesn't act on his jealousy, he possesses a bad trait. The bad trait is poison, it's corrosive to moral virtue. He hasn't violated a Isser of the Tariyat. He may not have 
the perfect moral development or the ideal moral development. But at least some Rishonim felt that there is one trait which is actually forbidden, and that's the trait of Gaiva. Based on several psukim, whether it's this pasuk in Parsha Shoftim, Levilti, Rum Levavo, which uses a phrase of Levilti, which often is suggestive of an actual Lota, say, or other psukim in Sefer Devarim, Beram Levavecha, Meshachachta, Sashem Melokecha. Either way, um, some Rishonim actually believe that the trait of arrogance is a trait which is Aser, not just um, ill-advised. Returning to Rabbi Levitas' original statement, the second part of his phrase is also fascinating. Rabbi Levitas ish Yavna, Rabbi Levitas ish Yavna claim, Ma'od ma'od have a ruach, shetikvas enosh rima, because the hope, the future of man, is to become a worm, is to decay. Now, What's interesting about this is as follows. There are classically two roots towards humility. They're known in classical, safer language, or rabbinic language, as one root being shiflus ha'adam, one root being gadlus habare. One way to achieve humility is to ponder the majesty the infinity, the enormity, the distance between man and God, not to negate man, but to realize the sweep of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and that sweep should provide a sobering sense of the futility and the ineptitude of man. So, for example, a very well-known description of arriving at humility by highlighting the the grandeur of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is David HaMelech's statement in Tehillim Paraches. In Tehillim Paraches, David HaMelech describes in Pasuk Dalar, or beginning with Pasuk Dalar, Ki era shamecha ma'aseh When I behold your heavens, the work of your fingers, yerech l'kochavim, the moon and the stars, asher konanta. So I'm filled with awe. And that awe translates into ma'anosh kitizkerenu, ben adam kitizkerenu, what is man? He's worthless, he's meaningless. And the parrot continues describing the plight of man. The Rambam cited this pasuk or referred to this notion in Yisadi Atara when he describes the alternating religious rhythms of Avas Hashem and Yerath Hashem. You explore Hashem's world, you ponder his beauty, his majesty, and that leads to a sense of distance and inability and ineptitude and meaninglessness in the presence of something so great and something so grand. Rabbi Levitas, in encouraging or endorsing an extreme adaptation of humility, seems to have stressed the second form, not Gadlus Habare, but Shiflus Adam. To ponder how uh, decaying man will one day be, how meaningless, how powerless, how futile, how inept... Tikvas enos enos rima. What can a person truly hope for but to become worm-infested dust? And of course, it's not just this image of worm and decay and burial, but again, even the phrase of shfal ruach, which the Rambam saw as a nominal phrase, as a category, but certainly the phrase of shfal ruach is connotative of a root 
to anevos, a root to humility, which is mediated by shiflos ha'adam, shifalavuach, by pondering the meekness, the lowliness, the futility of the human experience. In fact, Rabbi Levitas Ishiavna is never cited anywhere else in Shas, but somehow this statement about humility is recorded slightly differently. There's a variant version of Avas Drevnasan. It's known as Nuschabet, the second manuscript of Avas Drevnasan. And in this variant version, in Paraglamidalid, Rabbi Levitas almost elaborates what he alluded to here. And he describes four ways in which the human being is worse, is inferior to an animal. Hard to know what he refers to exactly. It doesn't, um, I know what he refers to, but it doesn't seem to make that much sense zoologically. But he talks about man's intestines are, are more odorous than animals' intestines. Man has a shorter lifespan than an animal. Man has a Yitzhahara. We certainly know what that refers to. Man sweats more than an animal. Without, um, inspecting the science too carefully, what Rabbi Levitas was referring to, but without question, he was highlighting the role of Shifu Sa'adam, of the futility of human experience in mediating and in prompting um, the trade of Anivas. In fact, in another Mishnah in Perkeavos, another well-known Mishnah, Avram Avinu, in Perkeavos, Perkei, Mishnah Yertes, whoever possesses these three traits is considered a disciple of Avram Avinu, and one of the traits is Nefesh Vela. And interestingly enough, another trait is Ruach Nemucha. What the difference between Ruach Nemucha and Nefesh Vela is, is unclear from the Mishnah, but quite possibly Ruach Nemucha refers to humility, and Nefesh Vela refers to this Rabbi Levitas form of Shiflus, Shifal Ruach, where a human being reaches that humility by despising and by disowning and dismissing any importance or value or celebration to human experience, to the human body, to uh, reducing the human ego by pondering the futility of what it is to be a human being, the emptiness. The, the classic line of Avram Avinu, where he admits to being Afar Va'ifer, which reflects very powerfully the shiftless of Ruach, that he's nothing more. He didn't just feel humble or modest or meek, but he saw himself as dust. Tikvas Enosh Rima. The Rambam in his parish Mishnayis cites uh, an example where he saw a chassid, a chassid in the days of the Rambam, and he asked him, what was your happiest day? And he said he was once traveling on a ship, and he was wearing tattered uh, rags, and there were wealthy businessmen on the trip, and he was lying in his corner, and one of the seafarer businessmen had to urinate, and he saw me in my tattered clothing, and ultimately that man, the chassid, was urinated upon, and he felt, he wasn't angry, he wasn't offended by it, but he felt that this helped him, or jump-started within him, the recognition of how futile humankind is, and how absurd it is to, to worry about whether his honor was upheld or was affronted, and he reached the state of Shabal Ruach, which is describing not just humility, but humility which is triggered by recognizing the emptiness of the human condition.